0: Welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. This is the fifth day that we're looking at NFL divisions. Now, the first two, we're in the AFC. Then we headed over to the NFC, chatted some NFC West recently with my buddy, Walker Bailey. Now we are in one of the more lopsided divisions that you'll find in the league. And much like Walker, the guy that I have on today is a fan of a team in the AFC South. And he is the host of the Morning Brew with Stu. Diehard Colts fan and would do anything if Andrew Luck asked him to. (laughs) <laughs> Stuart Brooklyn, how are we doing today?
1: <laughs> I'm good. You're, you're right. I would. Anything you would ask. Especially if he said, you do it, I'll come back. I, whatever you need.
0: <laughs> whatever you need, Andrew, to get back on the field. But that being said, the Colts, will get into them in a little bit. They do have a, a new franchise quarterback. We'll see if he's uh, as good as Andrew Luck. That's going to be a very tall task to ask. But we'll wait and see what happens with him. So. Let's start by recapping your division from last year. So Jags won this division, was probably one of the worst divisions in football, full disclosure. Nine and eight winning the division. It was just the way that it worked out. Uh, The Jags win it. Titans, they lost in the finale. They finish at seven and ten. Colts went four, twelve and one, including having a TV analyst as their head coach for a little bit. And then they had uh, the Houston Texans at three, thirteen and one. So not the best. And then you had the Jags had that massive playoff comeback against the Chargers before losing to KC in the divisional round. So Colts had loftier expectations than four, 12 and one last year, but overall as a division, what did you think of last year?
1: I think there were some disappointing teams. Like I I didn't see Tennessee being at seven and 10 last year. I thought they were more of an eight or nine win team especially with what they had done in years past, the way Ryan Tannehill had played in years past. I didn't really see, I guess, his deterioration coming, like him falling, him not being as good as he had been. I mean, we had gone three straight years where he'd done like 30-something tu- – or two straight years where he'd done for 30-something touchdowns. He was in the conversation that first year they took over for Marcus where people were like, he's a, he's a league MVP candidate. And then the next year – he comes out, he throws for 33 and seven or something like that. And I had him as a top seven quarterback in the league and he kind of falls off. I I think for them, and it's the same thing the Colts are learning is you can't play football like it's 1984 anymore. And I think they understand that. And that's why they went and got Will Levis, despite what I think about Will Levis as a, as a quarterback prospect, despite what a lot of us think they, they understand. You look at Patrick Mahomes, you, Got a guy who can throw the ball out of the stadium. The Bills have a guy in Josh Allen who can throw the ball out of the stadium who can move. Will Levis can do that. Malik Willis can do that. And so they understand that what they've got to do is find that elite passer and they got to move on from the 1984 style of, of football where you just shove the ball down your throat, especially when teams are winning. The Eagles are winning with running back by committee. Isaiah Pacheco is the leading rusher on the Kansas City Chiefs and they won a Super Bowl. He was a seventh round pick out of Rutgers. You don't need Derrick Henry anymore, despite how great Derrick Henry is to win. So that shocked me. Um, the I would lie if I said the Colts being 4, 12, and 1 didn't shock me. I thought I definitely thought the Colts were going into the season a eight or nine win team. I thought Matt Ryan's issues were more Atlanta than it was Matt Ryan. All we heard was how great that offensive line was. Wasn't very good. Um, You know, he also, Jonathan Taylor failed. He only had 800 yards rushing. He was hurt most of the year. You know, Darius Leonard wasn't there. There's a lot of issues that are still lingering. They're still continuing into this team. So, yeah, 4-12-1 was quite the shocker. As a whole, it was kind of a shocker. Jacksonville didn't shock me. I I said from the moment he came out that Trevor Lawrence was the next Andrew Luck. He just needed a competent coach and not that moron and Urban Meyer. And once he got somebody who actually knew what they were doing, they were able to win some games. And I think they'll build on that this year.
0: So I'm all for Urban Meyer slander on the show today because that Florida doc definitely didn't do enough of it. In fact, they didn't do it at all. So so Urban Meyer slander is definitely tolerated here at Competitive edge. But I would agree with the division. I do think... I, I cropped on the Christian Kirk contract all offseason. I thought four years, $72 million for Christian Kirk. What are we doing here? And it really did ruin the wide receiver market, regardless of the fact that he had a good year. I think now we're going to see it, and we even saw reports today of Minnesota trying to get Jefferson an extension before the season starts. And they're talking historic money for him, which is going to be $30 million plus because Tyreek's already at that number. And so that's why Jacksonville shocked me a bit because when they brought in Kirk, we knew that Ridley wasn't going to play. They obviously brought him in. We'll chat about him in a little bit heading into this year. But I wasn't sure what that offense was going to look like. I thought James Robinson would play a much bigger factor. He's not even on a roster anymore. And so Etienne played well. They obviously in the draft, they, they did some things for this coming year that we'll chat about as well. But yeah, the Colts last year, I think they were their over-under win total was like seven and a half, eight maybe on some books. And the fact that they finished with four wins – I was in the same boat as you. I thought Matt Ryan would be fine at least for a year, and that just didn't appear to be the case. But
1: I don't think anybody also can. I don't think anybody saw it going the way it went, where not only, like, okay, they were 4-12-1, sure, but I don't think anybody saw them being the clown show that they wound up being with, you know, Jeff Saturday getting hired and just everything that went down from that point. I just don't think anybody saw that part coming, yet alone the four twelve and one
0: no, like if they would have finished with six wins, that's one thing. Like, okay, you underachieve a little bit, but to to not even reach half of what you're projected to. And as I alluded to, you're hiring a TV show guy, a former player, former lineman to come in and coach your football team. It just became a running circus. They had a couple of wins here and there, and and that's all fine, well, and good. But it was just a disaster last year. We knew Houston was going to be a disaster it was indicated from the start of the year that they were probably going to be one of the worst teams in football. And they were playing to get a franchise quarterback, which they think that they may have now in CJ Stroud. So I guess that sort of division was surprising. I agree on the Titans. That was a team that I thought was, I would call it a lock to win the division. That That's what I thought. I thought Jacksonville was maybe a year away and that the Titans would win the division with nine or 10 wins. That obviously didn't go according to plan either. So now, as we head into this next season, we've got Jacksonville as fairly heavy favorites to win this division. They're minus 155. They're plus 1300 to win the AFC. So they're still in that five, six, seven range to, to win the AFC. That's where Jacksonville's at. But this is going to be a very entertaining football team. We saw Trevor Lawrence at the end of last year come into his own. So he's entering his third season. Um, he's got a guy in his receiving core who would love our show, Calvin Ridley. We are a betting show, after all. So that's going to be his wide receiver one. Then we've got Christian Kirk still there. They drafted Harrison in the first round, so they improved the O line a bit. They added Bigsby, which gives them that running back by committee kind of that you were alluding to. We've already seen reports of Bigsby being probably a 60 40 share with Etienne, maybe 70 30, but they're adding some depth there. But so we got
1: ETN there as well.
0: Yeah. So what do you think of Jacksonville? Do you think that this is clearly – this is their division to win and that the other teams are clearly two, three, and four?
1: Yeah, by far. I think this team, talent-wise, is superior to every team in the league. I th- or in the, Not the league. The division. <laughs> the let, me, division. Let, me, let me walk that back. In the division. <laughs> and- Stu, I was
0: about to clip that and put it all over Twitter, <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself.
1: <laughs> in the division – I mean, you look at Calvin Ridley, you look at, you know, some of the other guys that they have on that roster. You look at ETN, you look at the running back by committee. Look at what, you look at Doug Peterson and his history. I mean, Carson Wentz was a league MVP with him as a head coach. Hasn't been the same since. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, and in the two years there, one, took him on a historic playoff run to go win the Super Bowl. The next year, takes him on another historic run you know, playoff run almost does it again with, you know, him being the head coach, he gets Jalen Hurts and it kind of goes downhill. But my, my thing is this, he's got a guy who everybody in the brother, including me deemed to be the next coming of Andrew Luck, a guy who's that once in a generation talent and Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence has improved every year. That final year, that final game versus Indianapolis Colts his rookie year. He, he, he plays spoiler. He ruins the Colts' playoff hopes. He goes 11 of 11 for his first 11 passes and three touchdowns. Trust me, I remember it just like it was yesterday. Um,
0: <laughs> the fact of the stat line really shows that as well.
1: He comes back. He comes back the next year, picks up, it seems like, right where he left off. And then he, you know, I think this year he's got more confidence. They're going to pick up right where he left off last year. This is a guy who I put my top 10 quarterbacks in, in the NFL this year, and I think he – only going to keep getting better this is a talented team they got calvin ridley back as long as he stays off a of Fanduel or wherever else i think he'll be all right so i love this team listen there's only one team in the afc south i don't root for everybody else can go and have success there's only one team and they play in nashville that <laughs> if if everyone else had success i'd be happy they the one in nashville can lose every game to make me happy but well but yeah for jacksonville I want them to be successful because I'm a Trevor Lawrence guy. Obviously not too successful because I'm a Colts fan. I want the Colts to win the AFC South every year, but I'm also realistic. But back to my point, yes, this is the best team in the division. This is the clear-cut favorite to win the AFC South. And I think unless something dramatic happens, I think they do win the AFC South this year. I think they probably are a fiver. Five or six seed, if they if they really get it going, they could be a four seed in the, in the playoffs this year. But I think five or six is a safe bet.
0: Because the thing for me around Jacksonville is I love the fact that they get, first of all, this division on the schedule. When, when we're talking about the games that they get to play, it has a five and one, four and two division type feel to it, where Jacksonville is, is probably going to dominate in that play. They do have to play a first-place schedule, which is never easy, which is yeah. what held me back from probably betting them to be one of the top two or three teams in the entire AFC as far as regular season goes. But I definitely think the coaching is there. The personnel is there. And we saw Ridley already. He's got a great connection with him in preseason. I just think that he's due for a huge year. If you can get him in fantasy, I think it's really worth it. Especially, as you said, Lawrence is only getting better, and he's going into year three now. And I think they've got a ton of potential. Now, second team will go based off of how they finished last year. So Tennessee, they're plus 350 to win the division. They're plus 3,900 to win the AFC. I would not encourage you to bet the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC this year. That's just burning money. But that being said, the Titans, they they got a new OC there. Draft-wise, they went O-tackle in the first. Levis, they added him, who's currently QB3 on the depth chart. But I don't... I don't know what to make of this quarterback room. I could see any, I could see all three of them starting games at some point this year. But biggest move for the Titans was trading for DeAndre Hopkins. Burke's entering his second year. He's banged up. That being said, D Hop's been banged up as well. And, and he's had some PED issues off the field. Derrick Henry, how many miles are left on his legs? We've already seen that the running back position has been. You could call it disrespected, but it's justified the way that it's gone this off season with no, let me say this.
1: Sorry, you don't mean to interrupt. Let me say this, you know, cause I'm dealing with it as a Colts fan with the JT situation. And we'll talk about it more here in a minute, but everyone wants to talk about how disrespected the running back position is, including running backs. Yeah. But then you, you see two guys, Dalvin cook, who's been a top four running back in the league for the last three years. And, Ezekiel Elliott signed nine million dollar contracts. You know, eight I, I million think dollar contracts. The
0: reason why they're disrespected, but as I said, justifiably so, is that they haven't got long term deals. But you can't sign running backs to long term deals because we alluded to Pacheco. We alluded to Philadelphia having a running back room by committee. It just doesn't make sense in the NFL anymore yeah. to pay running backs that type of price. So disrespected, sure, but it's it's justified when you start going down the board of. Well, how many teams in the last five, six years have won with elite running back play? It's pretty yeah. limited, especially when it gets to the playoff times. So that being said, Tannehill, at least as of now, is QB1. You've got Derrick Henry. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. You've got a pretty average defense, if not below average defense. So what's the ceiling for Tennessee, I guess, is my question. Because for me, I don't even like their over-under win total, and it's only sitting at seven and a half. So I'm not crazy about Tennessee personally. I think part of it has to do with it feels like all wide receivers go to Tennessee to die. You start talking about what happened with Julio. They tried that experiment. They had they tried even bringing in Robert Woods, and it really didn't work. So now you've got DeAndre Hopkins. You've got Burks, who's already banged up. I just think that this is already out to a rough start for Tennessee. They do have Rabel as a head coach, who's one of the better coaches in the league. But – what do you think of Tennessee heading into the season?
1: Listen, I'm listen. I hate this team, but I'm higher on this team than I think even their guy Walker is. Listen, I think this team has potential to be a nine win team. I really do. I know it's I know it's hard to, to, to see a look at, but I think Vrabel's one of those guys that is able to elevate his there's some of those coaches, right? Like yeah. Mike Tomlin's one of those guys where he went so long where he didn't have a losing record and they managed to get eight wins and go eight and eight, all those type of stuff. And it's like, because he, there were times they didn't deserve to be that good, but he was able to get Doug Hodges to play the best he could do or Mason Rudolph to play the best he could, all those types of things. I think Rabel's right up there in that conversation. I know it's a lot of praise considering Mike Tomlin's going to be a hall of famer someday, but I do think, Vrabel's one of those guys. they got to figure out that quarterback position. I think they should stop doing with the wide receiver position, what the Colts did with the quarterback position. I think you should put a limit. Stop saying, hey, if you're 30 or older, you can come play for us because uh, everyone kept telling me how great Julio was going to be last year when I tried to say the the treads on the tires and the wheels have fallen off and then they fell off and everyone was like, I didn't see this coming. It's like, well, you could have if you just would have looked a little bit. But I think with Hopkins, a big problem with but that was, I don't think he was used properly. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury knew how to use him. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury, a lot of times, kind of understood what he was doing, those types of things. There are some some schematic things that come into play, all that kind of stuff. So there is that. Hopefully, he's back to being the guy we saw in Houston, or at least a, a shred of that. If he's even a shred of that, this team's going to be very scary. And you see what happens when they had a guy like A.J. Brown, who was. Killing it, Ryan Tannehill was setting the world on fire. So if yeah. they can get DeAndre Hopkins to to come out here and do what DeAndre Hopkins does best, this team's a very scary team. Now defensively, like you said, they are average. They got some some things going on there that they've got to fix, but I think they can at least good enough to be be all right, in my opinion. But I I think high end they're nine nine win team. Obviously, I think low end they're probably five or six wins. But you know. We'll, we'll see. I think they're probably somewhere in the middle. Probably about – seven and a half is probably about right, to be honest
0: with you. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not a line that I'm betting. I feel like when I look at over-under, like, win totals especially because you are going a full season basically betting at the same value of what a single game does, that's just not a team that I'm looking at because, as you said, if you have healthy D-Hop, healthy Derrick Henry, they could get to eight or nine wins. Do I think it'll happen? No. But I'm also not in the business of betting banking on an injury because I think that's how you can lose money very quickly. So I would stay away from the over-under win total. I don't think that they're a wildcard playoff team. If they get to nine wins, then maybe they squeak in on a tiebreaker. But I think with how good the AFC is, you're starting to talk about them in the 8, 9, 10 best team in the conference range when we're looking on paper heading into the season. Now, the team with the third best odds to win the division are your Colts, plus 600, plus 5,800 to win the AFC. Again, don't go and put money on the Colts. As much as Anthony Richardson may have a good rookie year, this is a very loaded conference. So interesting storylines heading into this season for your Colts in the Shane Steichen era. You drafted Richardson at four, you had a cornerback in the second, you added Downs in the third. You've got a couple weapons there. You've got Michael Pittman, you've got Alec Pierce, but Sounds like he may not have Jonathan Taylor, and if he does, probably a fairly disgruntled Jonathan Taylor based off of how the last number of months have gone. So let's talk Richardson first. What did you think of the draft pick, and do you like him moving forward as a Colts fan?
1: It's tough because you know how this is. We're in this take business, right? And When you you go after somebody the way I did Anthony Richardson pre-draft, and let me say this. None of this was personal. All all my critiques of Anthony Richardson were all what I saw on tape. And a lot of them I still believe in. Go watch the Buffalo game. That interception, everyone kind of just dismisses it as him being a rookie. And it's like, you guys obviously didn't watch Florida play if you think that's just him being a rookie. Because that's what he showed you all last year in that interception against Buffalo in that first drive of the preseason. That I tried to tell everybody was the issue. Now, obviously he He's electric. He runs 4-4. He could do all these crazy things. It's going to be better than watching Matt Ryan back there with a cane trying to, to drop back and do passes. I get it. They're going to be exciting. In my opinion, they're the worst team in the division. And I'm not saying that because I'm not normally a negative guy. Like I'm pretty realistic when I come to this team. But there's a lot more question marks on this team than Anthony Richardson. He's going to be up and down. We're not going to know for two more years whether he's the guy or not. So, you know, in three years, we'll see. And we'll see if it's a told you So moment for me, unfortunately, or we'll see if it's a I got burned and I missed another one like I did Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson. But for me, I look at this team and, you know, if Isaiah Rogers getting suspended because he can't stay away from your show, man, and all the gambling and all that kind of stuff, it, it makes me wonder, like, who are the Colts going to put out there at corner? You know, they don't have anybody at corner. Can Darius Leonard stay healthy at this point? He's like walking glass. I don't know if he's able to stay healthy. Where's this pass rush coming from? You've drafted pass rusher after pass rusher after pass rusher, and you've missed. The wide receiving core is okay, but Michael Pittman on any other team in the league's what, a two? Maybe a three? Like, I don't think he's a dominant number one guy. And so you look at all this, there's a lot of questions surrounding this team, including – that offensive line, that was terrible last year. Quentin Nelson was on his way to the Hall of Fame, I felt like. And then I feel like last year and so far what I've seen in the preseason, he may have made a more dramatic turn than than the Golden State Warriors did versus LeBron in the NBA Finals, like being <laughs> up 3-1. So we'll see, man. But in my opinion, there's a lot more talent on the back end for a team like Houston with their secondary and their defense and what they've got than the Colts do and. I feel more comfortable saying I think Houston could win more games than the Colts do right now. I think the Colts, in my opinion, are not the third best team. I think they're the fourth best team in this division.
0: Okay, so before we get to some of the things that you said, if guys like Isaiah Rodgers are watching the show and I'm the big reason why him and Ridley are not playing, <laughs> then like just tweet out an episode link. Like I'm not asking a lot here. Like just say like Hey, got my betting advice from here, and then like let's really promote the show. But <laughs> You know, that, all that being said, I would agree, Pittman for me, he's he's a high-end two. Like if Pittman was my two and he had like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson as his one, then I'd be like, oh, I really love Pittman being that second guy. But I would agree. I don't think that he's he's a number one. And if he's, he's a very low-end one. Uh, to go to the Jonathan Taylor situation, so for you, is it – regardless of if Taylor plays, you think that they're the fourth team in the division, or do you think if he plays, then they have the potential to be ahead of Houston? I,
1: I mean, there's always potential. Like I looked at the schedule the other day and I was telling my wife, cause I'm going to be doing my, my season predictions coming out probably next year or next week. I'll be uh, predicting each win for each team in the division. I'll go by division. Like you're doing with your show, but I guaranteed I see four wins because we usually split one with Houston. We usually split one with Jacksonville. So you can, no matter how bad those teams are, how good they are, you always split them. We usually get here lately have been getting swept by Tennessee. So you can kind of dictate if you go off a history, kind of how many wins there's four guaranteed wins. I feel like there's a lot of losses. And then I feel like there's a, there's a few of, this can go either way, depending on how well they could be play. low end
0: four, high end seven. Yes. Type deal.
1: Depending okay. on how well they play. But with Jonathan Taylor, it obviously gives you a better shot, right? But here's the question. He's, he's out with a back injury. How bad is this back injury? How bad was that foot injury he had last year? I mean, he rushed for only 800 yards last year. At times a guy like Dion Jackson looked like he was the better running back than a guy like Jonathan Taylor did last year. So there's, there's a lot that goes into this, and there's a lot that you have to look at. Yes, if a fully healthy JT is there 1000 percent I think it makes them a better team. Does it change their win total? I'm not so sure. Cause you can score hundred points, but if they score 101, it doesn't really matter. So I think that's the issue for me is who are they who do they got at corner that's going to cover somebody? And you know, you got to be able to rush somebody. My my philosophy towards defense is Obviously, everyone loves pass rushers, but I think elite lockdown corners can make an average pass rush good, a good pass rush great, so on and so forth. We don't have that. We don't have a secondary and we don't have a pass rush. So I'm not so sure what the Colts are going to do as far as getting to the quarterback or forcing turnovers. So on defense.
0: So what I'm hearing from Stu is start your wide receivers when they play the Colts, as far as fantasy value. I would. Because (laughs) because they can't cover anybody. Now, funny enough, the last team that we're talking about is Houston. And the more I dove into where they're at, it is very Colts looking. You're starting rookie quarterback, obviously a less mobile one in CJ Stroud. You've got a new head coach there as well, D'Amico Ryan's era. You've got Will Anderson that they drafted at three out of Bama we'll see if he can be a game changer on their defense but they've kind of got a mishmash of weapons they dealt Brandon Cooks to Dallas so now they're going Nico Collins as wide receiver one they added Robert Woods Noah Brown Dalton Schultz a lot of okay options nothing that really stands out for this offense which is why I had the Colts slightly ahead I don't think that it's going to be up by a lot I could see the Colts winning six games this year and Houston winning five but I just look at that offense and I, I don't know how many points you're generating with what they have. They're going to have to lean a lot on Damian Pierce. He had a really good rookie campaign. We'll see if he can build on that in his second year. But what is it for Houston that's slightly better for Indy against like what Indy has? Is it defensively? Is it, what is it for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it. it for me, I look at it. First of all, I think their quarterback's better than what the Colts got. And, I mean, if you if you follow my draft content, you would know that I thought he was the best quarterback in this draft class and they got him at two or three or whatever it was that they got him at. So in my opinion, they had the best quarterback in this draft class. He's the most pro ready. He'll be ready to go despite how bad he's looked in the preseason. I have no problem believing that he's ready today more so than Anthony Richardson is right now. None of this, I'm not saying career wise. That's how it's going to be. I'm saying right now. That's where it's at. I think John Mechie, if he's healthy, if he's fully over, over everything and, and he's back to being the John Mechie that we saw in Alabama when he was healthy, I think superstar caliber weapon there. I mean, superstar ability if he's healthy. But You got to bank on him being healthy. Damian Pierce, a solid runner. I do look at that defense. They drafted a guy a couple of years ago, um, the corner out of LSU. He was the second guy behind sauce Gardner, he's a stud uh, singletary i think it was they've got some you know they got will anderson who i thought was the best player in the draft last year they've got several guys on that defensive side that i think can can win them some games especially in this division when you play a team like indian you gotta play indianapolis twice a year i think this is a defense especially with anthony richardson who at times is going to be wild with his passes and those types of things that can hold the Colts to 13 points. You tell me, right now, you don't think Houston can score? I think Houston can score 13. They can probably score 20. I think this is a real good shot here in this division for them to get a couple wins that nobody really saw coming. If especially if if Tennessee starts to fall apart and they're throwing Malik Willis in and then they're throwing Will Levis in and then they're probably pulling Logan Woodside from the AFL over and saying, "Hey, you come in as well." Like it, it, if if they become a dumpster fire. As well, you could totally see this being a, a team that sneaks out some wins. That looking at it right now, Cam and you are like, "There's no way they pull those off." But maybe they do if a couple things don't go their way, it don't go the, the teams that they're playing's way. So I think this is just a better team. They got better talent. Uh, team. Yeah. I think the Colts have better individual talent. I think Richardson, talent wise, is better. I've said that since the draft. Uh, I think Michael Pittman, talent wise, is better. Leonard's better at linebacker. You got DeForest Buckner. You got Jonathan Taylor, as long as he's there healthy. They got talent better. But as a team, as a whole, Houston's the better team, in my opinion.
0: I will say, as much as I maybe like Pittman more than I like the rest of Houston's weapons, once you start going down the line, I would lean Houston from an overall weapons standpoint. Because I actually think Dalton Schultz, if you do play fantasy football, he's worth a look this year. Rookie QB. I think he's going to use him as a safety net. That's kind of how Dak used him in Dallas as well. He had a lot of five or six catch games for like 50 yards. I think you could rely on that fairly consistently for a guy like Schultz. So I think that there's definitely some value to be had there. But seeing Indy and Houston both at six and a half win totals, that's where they're at right now. I would probably lean. I'd honestly lean both of them under. I think that one of them's going to finish with six, and one of them's going to finish with five. I think you could go either way. I, I don't, don't think there's a chance either the Colts of those teams get to, get to seven.
1: Hmm? I don't think there's a chance the Colts get to six. Houston, maybe if a couple of the ball bounces right in a couple situations, but for Indianapolis, I don't think there's a shot. I just think there's too many big holes in some big key situations for them, especially. Like I said, that corner and you got to play Cincinnati. Who's going to guard Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? Yeah. So, like, there's situations where, like, I look at those and I think, man, there's no way the Colts, in my opinion, get to six wins. I think it's four, maybe. If if it doesn't go their way, it's maybe two or three. But I think Houston has a better year so far this year. I think they will. Okay.
0: So to recap, we both got Jacksonville, obviously winning this division. Yeah. They've set Jacksonville's over under win total at nine and a half.
1: I got the over.
0: I, I think that this is a 10 11 win football team. I was going to
1: go 11. When my predictions come out, there'll be a 11 win team probably.
0: And the sad part for me, I did see that Nathan Rourke, CFL legend, was released by <laughs> Jacksonville today, which is rather sad, especially after he made a couple of nice plays in preseason. But I've no doubt that he will get picked up by another team based off of how he played in preseason. It's just. Jacksonville I think they've got Beathard as their backup too so it was just a tough QB room to be a part of Tennessee at seven and a half do you have them then as second best in the division
1: yes and I have them I would slightly bet the over if you're feeling a little bit like I'm not saying they're gonna come in and set the world on fire by any means but I would slightly bet the over of seven and a half
0: I think I would make three bets for this division. I would bet Jacksonville over, and I would bet both Indiana and Houston under because I see no situation where one, if not both, go over seven wins this year. So knowing that I'm going to get one of those and feeling confident in Jacksonville, I feel like I'm up money if I play that way in the division. Tennessee, it's too much of a toss-up. I could see them being seven and ten again. I could see them getting to eight and nine because Vrabel's just that good, and maybe they stay healthy. So I could see them winning four games too.
1: I could see the wheels coming off at the end of the year. Things aren't going their way. And this just plummeting to down to earth, the way that the Colts did last year.
0: Well, Stu, I appreciate you coming on, chatting some AFC South. Tell the folks where they can find your work at home. Namely, what I wanted to point out was how great your QB list was. 32 all the way to one. As much as I love busting your balls in the chat, truly a great job that you did on your list. So where can the folks find your work?
1: Yeah, you can go to uh, you, mainly X, I guess it's called now. Twitter, <laughs> as as old heads used to call it. Um, at at StuPoc5 or at Stu Mornings the podcast. I've been off for a month. I'm coming back. By the time this comes out, it will be today. My first episode back off of a month off comes back. A rebrand. We're no longer just sports. We're sports and movies and entertainment. I get You get another side of me. You get all the... The same hot takes, but with movies and, and other stuff as well. Um, college football preview coming out with Zach McKinnell today and then tomorrow by the time you hear this. Again, this is all by the time you hear this. We will I will have a top 10 movie draft with Jay Stevens as well. So that will be out the preview to college football season. I'm gonna try to get a uh, one of my a returning guest, one of my Colts guys on next week to kind of preview the cult season the nfl season get things going uh there should be a batman movie ranking podcast coming out there should be a john wick my thoughts on the john wick uh Ooh. um series i love the movies but i do have some strong opinions so you know that should be coming out relatively soon as well so a lot of a lot of content that's canned that's ready to come out that's ready to see the light of the day I, I set a preview out two days ago which is monday at that point so Make sure you go check that out for the pot, for the college football playoff podcast. But yeah, right now that's where you can find me. Spotify, you know, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, that's where you can find it.
0: Again, appreciate Stu coming on. He has some hot takes, but he certainly backs them up, and I appreciate that about him. We're in the podcasting game. It'd be really boring if we just came on here and gave the same old takes that you see on those terrible shows on ESPN and Fox. But and
1: I appreciate the uh the kind words you said about the quarterback list. It's a lot. Listen, it's a lot. I get beat up in the group chat about it a lot. I there's a lot of strong opinions, a lot of people who think they know what they're talking about that really don't know what they're talking about. I, I don't think can put on cover two if they if you sat down and asked them to point out cover two, yet alone some of the, the mechanical things that go with watching quarterbacks. So I appreciate the uh the kind words and the the recognition because I've been doing it for three years. It gets harder every year, and I think this is maybe the hardest year so far.
0: As someone who did 32 episodes last August of all the NFL teams and then cut it back to divisions, I definitely know uh, how much work goes into it. It's a ton of fun. It's why I do it every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we'll have our picks out as well. Hope you appreciated those at the start of the show if you're listening. And we'll be back Friday with – I think we're going to dive into AFC West. We'll see how the rest of the week goes. but. Really appreciate everyone who tuned in today. And we'll see you guys next time for the Competitive Edge podcast.